Hi everyone, Chris here from Nuff Said. We recently published a blog post about champion coverage strategy. And as far as we could tell, it's one of the top three most shared posts of 2020. So in this recording, I'm going to summarize that strategy in less than five minutes. So a good relationship coverage model has three parts, and we're gonna go through these one by one. Step one, define power user, champion, and buyer roles. So champion has three critical factors. First, they're an advocate for the adoption and ongoing use of the product. Second, and this is important, they have to have the authority to change business processes, meaning they can change the business processes to include your product. And finally, they can directly influence the buyer in purchasing decisions. So the buyer can make purchasing decisions without approval from anyone else, and they can influence business process decisions by demanding goals or business outcomes, but they generally rely on champions to make decisions about how the department or work group runs. And finally, power users. So a power user is not defined by frequent use of the product. Instead, because they need the product in order to accomplish their job. So for example, if you can't find someone in your account that needs the product to get their job done, that means you don't have a power user and you probably have sold to the wrong person or work group. A few other notes. Power users can influence the champion in how the product gets adopted, especially if they are senior trusted members of the team but they have minimal influence as individuals at least in buying decisions unless many power users work together to influence the buyer in buying decisions and we'll give an example of that in a couple of minutes so now we've defined the roles we can move on to step two measure relationship strength so we'll, we'll spend the least amount of time on this section because it's better described with visuals frankly but the summary is that it's important to start by defining the customer's entire life cycle with your company and also how engaged both the customer and the CSM should expect to be at each stage. So for example, in this chart or this visual, you can demonstrate to your team that the customer's engagement often fluctuates between being very engaged and very disengaged, and that's both okay and normal. Then you have to set standards around relationship qualities. So for example, how do you know if someone is a champion? What criteria do they need to meet to be considered a good champion? So Jay and Jeff, for example, at Higher Logic proposed a scorecard with a one to five scale, where one means that I haven't had any communications with this contact yet, and five means that the contact routinely seeks insights and help from me as a trusted advisor. So now, now that we've measured relationship strength, we can move on to step three, which is set relationship coverage expectations. So I'm gonna do my best to describe the chart that we posted in our blog. Um, so imagine a three by three grid. The axis on one side is your business segment, so SMB, mid-market, and enterprise. The other axis is the product breadth. In other words, does your product solve the needs of a work group, a department, or the entire company? So for example, a work group Product might be you know, user testing, selling into US, UX teams, Tableau, selling into business intelligence. 
A departmental product might be Jira trying to capture the entire product or engineering team or Marketo trying to capture the entire marketing team. A company-wide product might be a, a product like Slack or Zoom where the expectation is that most or all members of the team will use the product. So a combination of product breadth and business segment determines which strategy we'll implement. So let's, let's go through an example here. Let's imagine that we're selling into the SMB and we're selling a company-wide product. So in this case, the buyers are influenced by a very, very large number of power users. Now remember, we want a relationship coverage model that reduces the chance, chances that these accounts will churn. So let's think about the power dynamics in this type of company. Um, in this type of product, like Zoom, for example, there are many power users of the product. So many, in fact, that they strongly influence the buyer's decisions. And ideally, your, your buyer is the CEO or the COO. And that combination also means that the champion just doesn't play an important role in a company like this. And it's okay if there aren't very many of them. So now, if a power user leaves the company, there's no impact on churn risk because there are so many power users. If a champion leaves the company, there's no impact on churn risk because the power users have so much influence on the buyer. And the chance of the buyer leaving is low because the buyer is the CEO or the COO. So in that case, a good relationship coverage model is many power users, few champions, and a CEO buyer. And you could roll that strategy out to your customer success team. So we've designed a fully completed three by three grid that outlines these power dynamics in detail for each combination of business segment and product breadth. So we suggest that you check it out at blog.nuffsed.com. So those are the cliff notes on creating a relationship coverage model for your company. If you have questions, come find me on LinkedIn. If you like this episode, give it a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And finally, we have a newsletter for customer success leaders that shares one digestible piece of advice or a framework each week. It's linked in the show notes. Go ahead and check it out. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. See you next time.